In today's episode, I interview Cody from Flight to Fight, who's based in the US. He is currently making a full-time income from side hustling. So we dive deep into how he got started, what are the different side hustles he's working on, and his taste of the corporate world. We also talk a bit about career and skill building, so some very interesting stuff. He's also launching a course on side hustles along with Julie from Fire Drill. So overall, a very interesting episode on side hustling. You are sure to learn a thing or two about how to get started. So yeah, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Arminta, and Matthias. Right, hello everyone. Today I am interviewing all the way from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is actually the first time I'm doing an interview all the way from here, so this is going to be quite interesting. I am talking to Cody, who's all the way in the US, from Fly to Fi. Excited to be uh, here talking to him about side hustles and all that jazz. So, uh, Cody, hello, how are you doing? Doing awesome. Yeah, we have a 12-hour time difference here, so it kind of was <laughs> yeah. funky getting the recording times down, but it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited for it today. Yeah, exactly. You just had to wake up a little earlier, but that was, <laughs> yeah, apart from that, all good. So could you, before we you know dive deep, could you tell us a bit who you are, what is it that you do, just a quick rundown of yeah, a bit of an intro to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of discovered the whole financial independence, side hustles, making money outside of your day job at age 19. And my mom actually was the one who introduced me. She said, hey, you should read this book by Tim Ferriss. It's called The 4-Hour Workweek. And I read it and I literally just absolutely fell in love. I'm like, this can't be real. People aren't making money in four hours a week or doing all these things to make side hustle money. And I started doing it. I just started kind of just diving into the side hustle thing. First, I tried starting a tutoring company. Then I tried starting a specialty clothing company. Both of those failed miserably. My third side hustle, which was my disc golf company, actually started to take off a little bit. And ever since then, I've just been obsessed with making money on my own time, having side hustles, not having a boss, and living the life that I want to live, kind of just dictating the way that I'm living. Nice. Okay. And so according to your blog, you did actually have a taste of the corporate world. So you were working in a like a job. And then you said, you know, you've had enough and went directly to side hustles. Is that, is that how it happened? Yeah. So I was working in corporate banking for seven months. And after the seven months, I mean, during the whole time, during those whole seven months, I was side hustling my butt off. I mean, I was working 16 hour days right out, like on the way to my, on the way to work on my commute, I'd be working on my side hustles on the way back. I'd be working on my side hustles. Once I get home, I'd be working on my side hustles. And after a while, my side hustle income started to basically replace my full-time income. And I was like, you know what? I really don't like my boss breathing down my neck. I don't like getting told what to do. And I ended up quitting my corporate job seven months in to pursue, to pursue entrepreneurship and side hustles full-time. Nice. So that's interesting. And I think what we're going to dive into today is really how you manage to get a full-time income from side hustles. Because I think that's something that a lot of other people might be interested in, people who do not uh, want to have a boss. So could you tell us a bit what side hustles you actually have right now? Yeah, so I'm definitely a mixed bag. <laughs> I okay. have way too many side hustles. Honestly, it's it's probably an un- unmanageable amount of things I'm doing right now. But I do a lot of freelancing. So I'll do like freelance writing. I'll do audio editing. I'll do some back end website development on WordPress. 
I'll do just any other random task freelancing. I also have that disc golf company I was just mentioning before. I co-founded when I was 19. I'm still running that now just for some context. I'm 23 years old. And what else do I do? I have a podcast. I have a blog. I think that's all the ways I make money, but it's 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 a lot to handle right now. I think I'm probably going to try to downsize that a little bit and focus on the highest ROI side hustles slash businesses I'm working on right now. But as of right now, I am that's those are all my income streams. This is very interesting because I also am a freelance writer and now I make a full-time income freelancing also. That's so, awesome. <laughs> um, well, full-time. This is because I live in Southeast Asia now, so I'm able to survive. I think if I was in a high cost of living uh, area, I don't think I'd be able to survive. I don't make much, but I try to keep my hours of work a day. Like I work three hours a day, four hours a day. That's awesome. <laughs> and that's why I, <laughs> I've tried to... This is very interesting because before getting into this, how did you figure out uh, which side has- hustles you wanted to pursue? Honestly, I didn't even know that side hustling existed until like two years ago. I had no clue that you could make money like freelance writing. You could write for a blog. You could write for a publication. You could write for a company. I had no clue that people had made money audio editing. I had no clue that people had made money doing graphic design. I just thought all that stuff was in-house. I thought like companies had specialists that did that. And then I just kind of jumped into this financial independence world. I've like got really deep down the rabbit hole, discovered like Mr. Money Mustache and Choose Fi later on. And just kind of realized that there was so many different ways to make money. And honestly, I mean, I just kind of just tried and that was it. Like I failed a few times. Like failing is great. Failing makes you learn things that you never would have known before. It makes you just take steps that you maybe are uncomfortable taking. But if you take those steps and try, you'll start earning money in like the weirdest, randomest ways possible. So that's kind of how I just at least got my toes dipped into the water. And I guess the question really is, how did you acquire the skills to be able to start those side hustles? That's really because to be able to work on those right now, you need to know what you're doing. So how did you acquire the skills? Was it just on the go? Absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the biggest misconceptions. A lot of my friends are like, hey, how do you make money online? Like, how do you make money on your own time? How do you not have a boss? And just kind of just stepping out and trying is the biggest factor in succeeding. Mm. Like I had no experience with freelance writing. I had no experience with audio editing. No experience with graphic design, no experience in email marketing, no experience in affiliate campaigns and things like that, but just kind of trying and at least having some experimentation with my own blog, with other people's blogs as a freelancer, you just gain the skills naturally. It's mm. kind of like it's it's die or survive. Like at that point, you kind of have to just figure it out or you're screwed. So that's kind of what I did. I just jumped in head first. And if I didn't figure it out, I didn't figure it out. But if I did, I started making money and I acquired new skills along the way. I agree, but I think also uh, it's it's a skill to be able to acquire skills, kind of. And I Th- think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and I think um, also what you're talking about are are meta skills, which is kind of what we talk about also on this podcast, and um, and the importance of being able to diversify with meta skills. So you're talking about writing, marketing, podcasting, audio editing. These are all kind of meta skills, which is really great. Uh, because they allow you to do a lot of different things, right? You can apply writing to content marketing or to, you know, writing something else. Uh, So that's quite useful when it comes to freelancing. But then my question is, so you're doing a lot of different side hustles at the moment. And as you said yourself, how do you find that skill or that side hustle that's really doing it, doing for you? Like how do you find the one that's, that you might want to focus more on? 
I think honestly, it's experimentation. Like some people might be better at freelance writing. Some people may be better at graphic design. Some people may be great at web development, but it's kind of just like getting those clients at first, seeing what takes you the longest time, seeing what the highest ROI or return on investment is, and then kind of just pivoting from there. So for me specifically, I did some work on Upwork. I did some work on Fiverr, but most of my stuff came through networking. It came through people that I know. It was like, hey, Cody's doing this great thing for me. He just wrote this awesome article. Would you like him to work for you? And it was just kind of just like word of mouth spreading and spreading. And eventually I had a bunch of clients who were paying me a lot of money to do a lot of different freelance work for them. So obviously it's a case by case thing where wherever your skills are the strongest, that's probably where you want to focus. But wherever those skills are the strongest, like I was just saying before, that's where you can make the most money. So kind of just feel it out. Honestly, even if you have to take cheap gigs at first, just test it and see if you like it. If you hate it, obviously don't do it again. But if you like it, if you're making a good amount of money, if it doesn't feel like work to you, if it feels like fun, then just keep sticking with that. I don't think there's a right side hustle for every single person, but everyone has a different skill set. Everyone has a different strong suit and everyone can make money in some way in a way that they enjoy. Yeah, that's uh, interesting because I would say the hardest part of uh, the side hustle and freelancing, and this is a problem that I had myself and I didn't figure it out until maybe two months ago, was acquiring the clients, as you say. So my, my question would be, how did you get the clients? And you said it was through networking, but do you have any more specific actions or or what did you do exactly to, apart from using Upwork and Fiverr? Yeah, so a lot of it was like reaching out. Honestly, I'm a part of a lot of different Facebook groups. So I started the podcast, started the blog. I'm in like a lot of blogging communities, a lot of podcasting communities, a lot of people who just like are, so I'm in the personal finance space like you are. And a lot of people just like in the FinCon group, there's so many different groups in personal finance. If you just kind of throw yourself out there, you're like, hey, I'm a freelance writer. Is anyone looking to hire? Just getting your name out there is one of the best, one of the best things you can do. I mean, maybe you don't deliver the best article. Hopefully not. Hopefully you deliver a great article and you get that word of mouth spreading. But if you're just doing work for people on a consistent basis, people just kind of start to know your name and they're like, hey, Cody is the person who loves to write about budgeting or hey, Cody is the person who loves to write about this thing in personal finance. And once you just kind of acquire that skill and start to keep doing it and keep doing it more and more, the clients just start to kind of come in. I don't know if you've noticed that in your own personal experience, but that, that's what I've noticed. Definitely. And there's something else that I'm going to add because I started freelance writing very, very early, like 16, 17, because, but I mean, I was making nothing. This was just me trying out stuff and I was writing about everything, you know, uh, not even finance because I hadn't even discovered that yet. And it wasn't until I really niched down until I found a specific world that I could call myself I don't want to say expert because definitely not that, but an expert. <laughs> I could call myself that, okay, so that I maybe know a little more than the average, you know, person or, and this is what I, I, now I call myself a freelance fintech writer because I specialize okay. in fintech startups. And I think that, and this is pretty much what you're doing, right? You're specializing in the niche of personal finance. I don't know. Do you write for any other kind of uh, topics? So I haven't been writing as much recently just because I've been focusing a lot more on my businesses. But I mean, one of the things I wanted to talk about was like freelancing is probably the quickest path to making a bunch of money Mm -hmm. fast. But freelancing isn't super scalable. I mean, there are people who can scale it successfully. But like I've been focusing a lot more on my businesses lately. But when I was freelance writing, it was a lot in the like early retirement financial independence space. So I had like a I had a really really deep focus on that space. And like you said, like niching down is such a valuable thing because if you're the guy or the gal who writes about X, 
no matter what your field is. And people know that they're going to want to hire you. They're like, oh, this person knows this about this subject. And like, we really want them to write a post for our blog because they know exactly what's going on there. Exactly. And honestly, I didn't realize how important that was until about two or three months ago. And when I was trying to get clients, I I just said, oh, yeah, I'm just a freelance writer. And I didn't really get anywhere. But it wasn't until I started saying, you know, this is what I write about. And I have like 50 pieces on this topic, which clearly demonstrates that I, I write about that. It wasn't until I did that that really started growing. So I really think it's it's actually really important. And my other question is, I mean, just to get into the specifics. So, okay, you're, you're maybe still freelancing. Uh, how, how do you use contracts or are you very, you know, chill about it? Or how, how do you do the, you know, the admin part? Yeah. So I'm generally pretty chill, but I do think contracts are important. Like, Let's talk about freelance writing, which is used as an example. If you have a freelance writing piece, say you have to deliver it to a client, it's like a 500 word article. If they send you back seven different revisions and they're like, hey, you have to keep changing this, that is probably going to be a waste of time. And on an hours, a dollars per hour basis, you're probably going to be getting screwed over pretty good. So I think you should at least put some things in the contract, like maximum amount of revisions or what your dollars per hours are. I think there are some important things that you need to include in the contract just so you don't end up getting kind of screwed over. Because there are a lot of cases where the client may just take advantage of you. I know that sounds terrible, but the client may just take advantage of you because you're working for them and they want it perfect. And they just like send you revision after revision after revision. And you end up working like 15 hours on this thing that should have taken you three hours. So I think there are definitely a lot of considerations that you should take into account before you like seal the deal with a client. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I always do contracts and that's just from someone else giving me advice. And I was like, okay, I'll always do contracts. And um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, interesting. Just uh, last point on, on freelancing, because as you said, it is a really good way to, to get started with side hustling. Uh, how do you network? If someone were to you know, say, okay, I, I'm interested in doing some freelancing, how do you get started with networking and finding clients? So- uh, as you said, yeah, it's the best way to find, you know, high paying clients. So how would you recommend, how would you advise someone to get started with this networking side? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the best things to do, if you really have zero experience, you don't have any groups or anything, go on a website, like a freelancing website, like Fiverr or Upwork and just get one gig and see how it feels. Like, see if you like it, if you don't like it, then obviously don't pursue it. But kind of once you get past that step, look for like Facebook groups or forums or anything within your niche. So within our niche, personal finance, there are so many different Facebook groups and cool forums that you can interact with people. If you just let yourself be known as a freelance writer or an audio editor, people will automatically start gravitating toward you and they want you to do work for them. So I think that's one of the best things. And honestly, after that, it's like an avalanche. People just hear about your name. They hear that you're doing good work for people. Hopefully you're doing good work for people. And it, the clients just keep flowing in. I think that's honestly the best method is just join groups online. If you can even get the face-to-face intera- interaction, that's 10 times better. I've been doing, doing a lot of conferences, doing a lot of meetings, doing a lot of like camp type stuff, meeting people in the personal finance space. And once people kind of get to know you on a more personal basis, they are a lot more trustworthy and the connection is just so much deeper and you probably have a higher chance of getting hired. Completely agree. Uh, the last thing I would say on this is LinkedIn. The power of LinkedIn is absolutely amazing. Uh, I would say uh, update your LinkedIn. Make sure that it really describes everything that you do. The other day, something crazy happened to me. I was using LinkedIn to search for clients here in Kuala Lumpur. 
And you know how on, on LinkedIn you can see when someone's viewed your profile. So obviously yep. this uh, girl saw that I was viewing her profile. She checked out my website. She checked out everything. And she's also a fintech startup. Uh, one, one day later, she's sending me an email saying, you know, I'd love for you to work for us in peer-to-peer, in the peer-to-peer lending space. And I was like, this is amazing. So really LinkedIn is an amazing tool and, and not just for acquiring clients, but also just to make connections in general. So yeah, Facebook, LinkedIn, oh, yeah, great, great places to get started. Yeah. No, LinkedIn, LinkedIn and Facebook are definitely the best two social media platforms. I mean, Twitter is decent in the personal finance space, but it's not great for networking. It's kind of just great for chatting with people and getting up to speed on stuff. But yeah, Facebook and LinkedIn are so powerful in terms of finding people to work with. Yeah. Well, Twitter, I've actually found clients through there too. But uh, yeah, it's more personal, I guess. So it depends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so that's uh, cool freelancing stuff. Moving on back to uh, side hustles ver- versus corporate jobs. So I'm, I'm quite interested in you saying that you prefer side hustles to, you know, a job. Uh, why, why is it? Is it because of the boss or is there something else that you d- disliked about it? Honestly, yeah, I just have a, <laughs> I have an extremely rebellious personality, but obviously that's not the reason that a lot of people start side hustles. Like I just hate taking orders from people. I don't like listening to a boss. I don't like having deadlines that other people are putting on me. So that was kind of the impetus for me to quit. And I just really didn't like it. I was not enjoying it whatsoever. But there are other people like my business partner, Julie, who they're crushing it in their corporate job, but they also love side hustling too. There's, there's so many different paths you can kind of take to side hustling. It's it's fun. You gain new skills. Obviously, earning money is fun. I think everyone likes making a little bit extra money on the side. But for me, the impetus was definitely, yeah, I just, I really didn't like taking orders from someone. I didn't like the corporate hierarchy. I didn't like feeling like I was lesser than someone else in the company. And that was basically the main reasons why I quit the corporate job and went full-time side hustling freelancing. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I'm asking this because this is we had an interesting interview with uh, Ben from New Zealand a few weeks ago, and he is very, uh, well, He his quote is, um, specialized to build wealth and diversify to preserve wealth. So here, obviously, I mean, you're not, well, I don't know if you're specializing, but that's my question. Do you agree? And do you feel that you're specializing? Do you think that uh, building a, do you think, these side hustles are building your career in some way. Absolutely. So like I said before, I think freelancing is a great way to make money as fast as possible. Freelance writing, audio editing, doing all these different sorts of things. Freelance freelancing is great for making money fast. But if you want to build like passive income, which is every entrepreneur's dream, you need to start building online businesses. So I think it's, I think it is true if you, you need to specify, you can't just be doing like a bunch of random things Usually that doesn't work out. Like if you're just driving for Uber and you're delivering groceries on Instacart and you're doing all these random little things, like it usually that does not end up to a long career. But if you're building up like a brand, like a podcast or a blog or a company selling stuff, there's so many different ways we can kind of build yourself up. And I, I, I do definitely do agree with that. I'm not sure exactly the context, like, but diversifying is awesome too in terms of income. Like if all your income is coming from one source, then if that one source gets cut off, then you're absolutely screwed. If you have like real estate and you have uh, stock investments and you have a job and you have side hustles, you're so much more spread out. So if you lose one of those things, you'll be fine because the rest are still supporting you. <laughs> That's funny because, well, what, what he's saying when he says this is basically specialize in one skill. Get really, really good at one thing. Become an ex not not only an expert, but just maybe not the best, but really good at it. 
And then uh, because the better you get at a certain skill, uh, the more, you know, demand there is for you. So the more money you make and this just snowballs. And then once you reach a certain uh, point of wealth, then you diversify to preserve it. And that means uh, diverse asset allocation, but also um, building meta skills so that you can then protect your skill set. Anyway, it's it's a bit, uh, it's not complicated, but it's, it's quite a discussion. So do you feel that you're specializing in a specific skill at the moment? That's just a question I've got. Yeah, honestly, I think I slightly disagree with Ben here. No offense, Ben. <laughs> but I don't think I'm specializing in one skill. I really think skills are the new currency. If you have a bunch of different skills, like if you have depth and knowledge that other people don't have in multitude of skills, you're going to be immensely more valuable in the future economy. Like the future economy is kind of a bunch of people acting as independent islands. Like people are starting to move away from corporations. People are going towards freelancing. People are becoming their own brands. And if you can kind of have a bunch of different skills, yes, I'm sure it's great for some skills. If you just have that one skill and you're the best person at it, but I think being able to diversify, I really think that's important. Like if that one skill goes away, say you're the best audio editor ever, and then there's some AI, artificial intelligence company that comes out and it can edit your podcast or your Alexa briefing or whatever perfectly, then you're out of a job. Like I just, I really like having that safety net of having a bunch of different skills that I can monetize. Yeah, that's great. I hope Ben's listening uh, to this episode and we can have a, we can have a discussion. <laughs> no, it's a really interesting uh, conversation. And Absolutely. following <laughs> on, um, just a personal question of mine, do you think it's better to have few side hustles that earn a lot of money or a lot of side hustles that don't earn a lot of money? Oh, absolutely. The first one. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know if that seems like a silly answer, but I mean, absolutely. Yeah, a few side hustles that too. earn a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. If you're doing like a bunch of survey sites on your phone, spending seven hours a day and you're making like 30 bucks, don't do that. Spend <laughs> your time on something that makes you a lot more money. Yeah, exactly. Because now I'm going to talk for my co-host, Matthias, who isn't here. He would ask this question right now. He would ask, so how do you protect your headspace? So headspace means that when you do a lot of different things at once, uh, you keep changing focus. And this is very distracting and you can't go into flow state, right? Because you keep changing. It can be, well, I personally don't like this. I prefer focusing on one thing for like three or four hours and then moving on to the next thing. So as you said, you're doing a lot of different things at the moment and a lot of different skills and a lot of different, you know, projects. How do you protect your headspace or do you even feel that it's an important thing? I don't know if you understand kind of the word headspace. Yeah. Yeah. I I told, that's a great question, honestly, because that's something I definitely struggle with. I do think at my age, I do have the advantage of not having as many distractions as someone who is in their forties or fifties has a family, has a wife, has a husband, has kids. I think being 23 and kind of being this digital nomad entrepreneur really helps me a lot having focus, but I really do think that's a, that's a great point. I mean, my head is all over the place. I'm always working on like 17 projects at once and it's overwhelming, but I do I do like what you're saying where I take like three or four hours. I just put my phone in airplane mode. I block out a chunk of time and I just bang out whatever project I'm working on. It is definitely hard to focus, but I do think that is a crucial, crucial element of getting things done and operating at a really high efficiency level. Yeah, that's funny that you, you say this to do with your age because I'm your age and I, I much prefer focusing on one thing because I think it's also because I've been around people who, who are, have 
emphasize the importance of focusing on one thing at a time. And I've read books like Essentialism. And once I understood that if I just had, that's why I, I used to do a lot of different things also. And then I was like, okay, you know what? Uh, I, I'm going to stop writing so much for my blog, actually. And I'm going to stop uh, taking part so much in the podcast. And I'm actually going to focus on, on freelance writing. And this is why I'm now able to work, you know, four hours and still make a decent income. Is now I'm focusing on this one actual I mean, it's one side hustle, but it's got, I've got, you know, several clients, so I still feel like it's diversified. And now that I've been able to focus on this one thing, I'm actually seeing it grow. I mean, at crazy, crazy amounts. I, I cannot believe what's happening. So I, I think Headspace is actually very important. And uh, that's why I, I don't know, it was just a comment. Yeah, no, it's it's certainly interesting. And it's honestly something I struggle with. I mean, I think I'm a little too thinly spread right now. I have so many different things on my plate and trying to juggle them all at once is crazy. But at the same time, I have such a FOMO of if I don't jump on this opportunity right now, it might never mm. come again. So I, I'm like such a yes man where I'll say yes to way too many things. And then I'll just like end up being buried in over my head working 16 or 17 hours a day chasing the money where I don't really need to do that. But I think just honestly, the energy levels that I have, I know going back to our age, like I have a lot of energy as someone in their early 20s versus maybe if I was like 45 or 50 years old. Okay, interesting. Uh, it'd be cool. I wish my, my co-host Matthias was here to say his uh, comments because he's obviously, he's exactly that family man, two children. So he'd be able to comment on that. So, yeah. <laughs> and another question that I've got, because this is kind of a topic that I'm recently getting into, uh, is, is career really. And my question is, do you think people should focus on building as much income as possible, you know, through side hustles, freelancing, to then retire early? Or do you think we should actually be spending that time finding a career that we really enjoy, that we could dedicate our life to and focusing on that? What do you think? I think there's space for both. This is one of the things I kind of dislike about the financial independence movement is that like so many people will just put their head down, grind in a job for 10, 15, 20 years that they hate just so they can hit this magical number and then figure out what they want to do. I think there's space where you can build side hustles right now. Like maybe you don't have the capacity. That's fine. I know there are specific situations that I am not keen to. I don't know exactly what everyone has going on in their life, but if you could just build some kind of side income, like I was talking about before, so once you leave that main job, you at least have a little bit of a cushion, then you can start looking for those lower paying jobs. If you can reduce your expenses to say half of what they are now, or just drastically less than they are now, you have so much more optionality in the career that you choose. And you can actually pick a job that you love. Like maybe you're making a hundred K as an engineer right now, and you really don't like your life. You hate the work and you're doing all this stuff. But maybe if you move to a lower cost of living suburb and you downgrade your lifestyle and you sell the Tesla or whatever, you can live on twenty-five or $30,000 a year and you can be an artist. Like There's just so much optionality once you kind of shave those expenses down. I know we haven't really talked about that end of the spectrum. Obviously, we're talking about income generation, but I think the expense part of the equation is such a powerful tool in building that a life and career that you love. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I say this mostly because, I mean, I, anyone who attended our conference in Portugal and then saw my speech will, will know that I'm very into this because at the moment I... I, I was a bit, I thought a bit like that, you know, um, and I, I was like, okay, I'm going to try and, and freelance and do my own thing and, and maybe maximize my income. But then I, I mean, at our age, starting so soon, I thought actually, after reading several books, uh, I'm actually at this stage where I, I'm, I'm doing something I called career testing. And I'm actually, uh, so my freelance stuff is just uh, to keep me going while I do this career testing, which basically means 
trying different careers that I might be interested in and then being able to focus on one. So right now I'm going to, I'm volunteering at this NGO, which is something that I've always wanted to do. And I'm just freelancing to keep me going. It's not really, I'm not doing this freelancing to make more money so that then I can save more money and then invest more money and retire early, right? This is just to keep me going because I'm counting on the fact that I will make the most of my money when I'm 50, you know, that's when our, that's when our income really skyrockets. So why should I focus on maximizing my money now when I can't make much you know, freelancing, side hustling, because I'm not really specialized. Okay, well, this is going back to Ben's thing. But um, <laughs> my point is, is it really clever to maximize your money at our age when we don't have that much potential? Uh, and maybe we should be focusing on building skills and experience and portfolio. And so that then when we're 40 or 50, we have found this career that we absolutely love. So there's no need to retire early. And we're making so much more money that, you know, we don't have to worry about retirement because we're saving. Obviously, this is important all the way through this. You are still saving and you're careful with your expenses. Uh, and then when you're 40, 50, your, your, your uh, income is so much larger or higher than when you were 20 that you can save, you know, 50 percent. And that's a huge amount. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. So my one counter to that is actually something that one of my guests said on my podcast. His name is Physician on Fire. and he was saying, like, if you can accumulate the maximum amount of wealth if you as you can at an early age, like in your 20s, in your 30s, if you could have enough money at age 30 to never have to worry about money again. So in his specific situation, he's an anesthesiologist. He loved it. He went to medical school. Obviously, that's a long process. It took him like 10 years to actually start making money. 10 years into that career, he realized he didn't want to do that for the rest of his life. And so just having the optionality, like you may think you love your career now, you fall and land into the dream career, you love the job, but you don't know who you are going to be five years from now. Maybe you don't like the job. Maybe you get a crappy boss. Maybe you have crappy coworkers and the whole work environment has changed. Giving yourself the optionality to leave is such a powerful thing. And I think that's something that a lot of people downplay. They're like, yeah, I just, I'll just kind of fiddle around in my 20s and 30s and then figure it out for real in my 40s and 50s. But if you can build that cushion early on and give yourself the optionality to leave as soon as possible, it doesn't mean you have to leave. Obviously, you can still work if you love it. But if you ever don't love it, if there's ever a week or a day or a month that you're feeling not 100% into that thing, if you've built that nest egg, if you've built that passive income, if you've built those side hustles up from an early age, I think that is just such a powerful level, a powerful lever to pull in early retirement. I agree. I'm actually in completely agreement with you. I don't think one excludes the other, which is why I'm doing both at the same time. So I'm still saving a, a small percentage of my income, but I'm doing this thing called career testing and I, I make sure it's clever career testing, right? Every time I test a new career, it has to be building. I'm going up. I'm not just going jumping around, right? Anyway, this is a whole topic that I talk a lot about, but um, I, I agree with you, but I think I don't want to spend 10 years, right? I don't know, from 20 to 30 doing... I don't know, just working at a job that I might dislike just to make the income, right? I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's, there's a bit more, there are a few more details to it, like uh, how to actually properly figure out your different careers and stuff. But I don't know, it'd be interesting to see if in 10 years yeah. you are still side hustling or if you're, maybe you have your own business. It also depends on the person, you know, character, personality. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, it totally depends on the person because in 10 years, I literally have zero clue what mm. I'm going to be like. If I saw myself right now, last year, 
Like if I literally saw myself through the lens of my last year eyes, I was like, holy crap, Cody, like you changed so much. And I feel like that's the same with everyone. People change so frequently. You just don't know who you're going to be a couple yep, of years from yeah, now. That's true. Okay. Uh, moving a bit back to uh, something you talk on your blog, which I quite liked, was the the cash flow FI, uh, zero-based budgeting. So I was wondering <laughs> yes. if you could tell us a bit about that and uh, what that is. Yeah. So I'm such a big proponent for cash flowing financial independence rather than hitting the I'm sure if you listen to a podcast like this or any other podcast in the five space, you're familiar with the 4% rules. So say you live on $40,000 a year and you have a million dollar portfolio, that means you can withdraw that $40,000 at the 4% rule. And you're, and in theory, that principle should last you. Well, the, the study was for 30 years, but in theory, it's supposed to last you until you die. <laughs> but I'm such a bigger proponent of cash flow fi. So cash flow fi is having passive or extremely semi-passive income streams that can support the cost of your lifestyle, whether it's a business, whether it's real estate. So let's say I need $3,000 a month to live. If I have a real estate portfolio that's spewing out $2,000 and I have a business selling X or whatever I'm doing, my business on the side that takes five hours per week and I'm making another $1,000 from that, that's $3,000. I'm quote unquote cash flow fi. I'm cash flow financially independent because my businesses that aren't taking too much of my time, obviously most businesses aren't completely passive, but if you can kind of build up that those passive income streams, that is just such a more powerful and quicker way to financial independence than saving up that massive nest egg. Yeah, I, I also think that that's uh, very cool. I, I like this idea. And what I liked about your your uh, this budgeting was that you wanted your passive income only to cover the want expenses, right? So like going out or not the the basic needs. Yeah, so that's another thing I do. <laughs> I like gamify my zero-based budgeting. So it's kind of a twist on the whole Dave Ramsey, like every dollar has a job approach or whatever it's whatever he does. I'm not a huge Dave Ramsey guy, so I don't know exactly what his thing is. But if I'm going out to the bars on the weekend and I spend $50, like I have to make that $50 back in some way doing a side hustle, whether it's audio editing, whether it's freelance writing, whether it's delivering food on a bike, like whatever it is, I have to earn that money back or I feel like I lost it. Like I try to even out, that's what I call That's why I call it zero-based budgeting where I try to zero out all my expenses with random little side hustles. Yeah, this comes back to headspace. <laughs> I couldn't do that because I just get so frustrated <laughs> having so many different side hustles and uh, yeah, but I mean, I guess it depends. I don't know. It's a, it's, it's honestly a game to me. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I, I don't feel stressed out because it's fun. Like, I like doing it. If I didn't like doing it, if I thought it was stressful, then I wouldn't do it. But I really, I gamify it, and I, I really enjoy trying to maximize my side hustles and eliminate my discretionary spending. Yeah, that, that's cool. Uh, I mean, I, I think once again, it comes back to the fact that you you're a freelancer and, and you make money online and you can do a lot of different things. I think uh, someone who has a family and and who's maybe well into their their job, maybe it depends. I don't know. Maybe that's not true. Uh, it depends. I wish Matthias was here to say something about that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, what about uh, your 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 plan? Do you have one in terms of side hustling? Is this something that you're going to keep? Uh, doing or or is your plan to grow the business or, or talk to, talk to us a bit more about your yeah the business side of it what is your plan there yeah so I've definitely honestly in the probably the past three or four months really toned down my freelancing I've been doing a lot more business building whether it's my blog whether it's my podcast whether it's a side hustle course we're working on whether it's my disc golf company I'm doing a thousand person event next year with an author that I met through a conference, like going back to the networking thing. So I've been focusing a lot more on building businesses than freelancing lately, 
But freelancing is like such a powerful thing when it comes to filling in the gaps. Like if you need to make rent, make rent this month, or you need to buy groceries, like freelancing is the way to go. But most recently I've been kind of focusing on the businesses where I can scale down my time by putting in the work upfront. And hopefully those will support me in perpetuity for X number of years. And are you trying to implement uh, automation into your business? Because this is a big topic uh, in our, because we talked, uh, we interviewed Benjamin, who uh, he's a very cool guy and he ho- has his own business. He's 24 and has his own business um, and only works one hour a day on it uh, because he's got like 20 employees now who pretty much do everything for him. So I was wondering if there are any strategies that you're using to uh, automate your business or is that a goal of yours or are you? Yeah. Tell me about that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I am maximizing my time definitely to the fullest. I'm outsourcing on places like Upwork, on Fiverr, finding people through referrals. I'm building my businesses out. So hopefully at some point I can remove myself from the equation and the business just still runs smoothly. I do like having the autonomy to kind of make decisions, make operations, do social media, do marketing and stuff like that. But if I wanted to remove myself from the equation, Ultimately, that's like what I would love. And I've been doing that a lot with like my disc golf business. I've been doing it a lot with a lot of my other businesses where I can just pull, if I pulled myself out of the equation, it would still run fine, which is honestly the ultimate goal probably for every entrepreneur out there. Yeah, that's great. Definitely, definitely. And that's one, I guess, negative to freelancing uh, is that you're exchanging time for money. So I'm I'm not quite there yet. (laughs) I'm acquiring the skills first and figuring it out. And then hopefully I can turn it into a business. But yeah, this is completely true. But the freelancing is great. I mean, the freelancing is an awesome way to earn a lot of money in a short period of time on your own time. Like you can freelance whenever you want. Like that's that's definitely the coolest thing. It's not that scalable, but you can just earn so much money on your own time without a boss. Yeah, that's true. Uh, last question on uh, side hustles, I guess, is what advice would you give to someone you know who's listening right now and who thinks you know, cool, I'd like to get started with side hustling. Uh, or even freelancing, what what kind of advice would you give them at this moment? I love this question. And my <laughs> advice is like, just do it. Just get out there and try something. I have so many friends, even some of my like relatives, my family have asked me like, how do I get started with side hustles? It's just jumping in. Even if you're not the best freelance writer, you're not the best audio editor, you're not the best WordPress developer, you're not the best whatever, whatever your freelance gig is, just getting started, you will gain so many more skills than watching endless YouTube videos or researching on Google forever, or just getting analysis paralysis, just kind of hopping in, forming those connections and at least trying, you're going to learn so much more than if you just sit back on the sidelines. So please, anyone who's interested at all in freelancing, earning money on your own time, just go out and try. The worst thing that happens is you fail and then you just go back to the drawing board, figure out what you did wrong and figure out how you can fix that and start making forward progress in the future. Yeah, that's that's great advice. And the only other thing that I would add, because there is paralysis, right? Uh, and most most of the time, it's because you don't really know what to do it on. Absolutely. And so I I used this tactic kind of to figure out what I could freelance on. And basically, it's making three columns, right, on a piece of paper. And in one column, you write what you're good at, you know. In the second one, you write what you really love. Like, uh, I mean, this could be reading books, just random stuff that you like, like hobbies. And then the third column, you write your network. You know, what are the connections you've got you've got, or the, the, the friends you have? And then you try and find something that links the three. And that's just to give you a bit of a better idea. Uh, I, I, I got this from Side Hustle Nation, by the way. This is definitely not my own. Uh, <laughs> I love it, though. That's awesome. Uh, idea. 
but that's a really good way to get started because then you can you finally kind of have an idea where where to start. I think this is the biggest reason people don't don't do side hustles or or don't know where to start is because they don't really have an yeah. Anyway, okay, uh, and um, just to finish off, so you are um, doing a side hustle course that is going out quite soon with uh, Julie, who's actually uh, one of my uh, clients, which is quite funny. I uh, help out with her podcast. Can you tell us a bit about this course? What what uh, what's it about? Yeah, absolutely. So we've been working on the side hustle course for like the past six months because like you just said, a lot of people are like just feel so stuck. They feel like they can't earn money side hustling. They feel like they don't have the skills. They feel like they don't have the time. They don't have the knowledge. They're like, why should I even try? And so what Julia and I have been working on for the past six months is a side hustle course with three different tracks. So we did one track is blogging for profit. So that's basically just starting a website, writing about whatever, whatever your niche is, and then figure out how you can monetize that from day one. The second track is Etsy printables or Etsy digital downloads. So these are things like you could build a planner, you could build a budgeting worksheet, you could build a calendar. It's all these non-tangible assets. So like you wouldn't actually have to physically ship them out and people would buy them through your Etsy shop. So she focused a lot on that. She's been crushing it the past year with that. And then the third track is this freelancing that we've been talking about a lot here where I tell people exactly how to do freelance writing, audio editing, and graphic design. And th- these are just basically the three main skills that I've been able to monetize. But we also show people how they can monetize their own skills, how they can go network, how they can find gigs on Fiverr or Upwork, and basically just everything you need to know about freelancing. So that's something we've been working on for, honestly, the past six months. This past month has been an absolute grind. Been working like 16-hour days trying to get this thing ready and launched. And like you said, we have a four-day launch window from June 27th to June 30th. So it is a short launch, but that's it was very specific and very intentional because we have like a Facebook group. We have a lot of experts that are coming in. We want everyone to be starting at the same exact point. So like when person X and person Y are going through and they both have the same question in week one, they'll see each other in the Facebook group. They can ask the question and it's just kind of a whole cohesive network type of thing. Nice. And we'll be releasing this episode right before the 27th. So people can uh, go check that out. And what I like about this side hustle course is that even people in Europe can, this can apply to them, right? Or is this going to be really um, US focused? Oh, no, absolutely. It's not like we're talking about 401ks and like all these different yeah, yeah. American <laughs> American specific investment accounts. Like it's just, it's just basic skills that you can monetize. Anybody can hop on a computer that has a Wi-Fi connection. Anybody can do freelance writing. Anybody can do audio editing. Anybody can sell SE printables. Anybody can start a blog. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're in Europe, if you're in Africa, if you're in Asia, if you're in America. Everyone can do this. So that's kind of where we're coming from. Yeah, that's cool. And then what what do you think? Uh, so I know a few people have already done the course, uh, some beta testers or, or I don't know what you yeah. call them. And what, uh, what do you think? What is someone who's, you know, are a listener? What What's... What can they take out of this course? What is the number one thing that they will come back with? Yeah, well, our goal is to teach people within a month. I mean, we want people making money within a month. If we don't teach you how to make money, obviously, if you aren't applying yourself, you're probably not going to make money. It does take some work. As you know, I'm sure you've done a lot of freelancing, a lot of picking up clients. It's not passive income at first. But if you can kind of acquire the skills to make money, that's our main goal. We want you to make money in that first month. So people can just take away the actual technical skills and networking skills, the skills that they need to make money outside of that nine to five job on their own time. They can work on it 30 minutes a day. They can do it for five hours a day. Obviously, depends on how much money they want to make. But 
That's ultimately our goal. We want people to be able to take back control of their life. If they hate their job, if they want to kind of do the digital nomad thing like me and quit their job, replace their income, they can do that. Or they can do it on the side like Julie, where she still has a full-time job. She's only working on these side hustles a couple hours every day, or not even, sometimes maybe not at all, and a couple hours a week. But you can still make a lot of different side hustle income. And that's kind of our main goal of this whole course. Nice. So uh, Fi Europe is an affiliate for the course. So I urge our listeners to go check it out. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool. Side hustling is fun, uh, especially if you find something that you you're you enjoy doing and then you see it grow and then you're like, oh, my God, this works. And I don't know about you, but to me, like even earning my first side hustle, like I think I earned like six dollars or something. Earning that side hustle money outside of a day job is the best feeling ever. Yeah. Even if it's like $2 versus a $1,000 paycheck from a day job, it feels so good because you quote unquote earn that money like on your own. It's just the coolest thing ever. For me, the coolest thing was when someone actually paid a lot of money. Well, for me, it was a lot <laughs> um, <laughs> to do something that I did. And I was like, what? Someone actually values <laughs> my work? Like it's, it's obviously it, they could only value your work because you're the only freelancer. Whereas I guess in a job it could be several different people. I don't I don't know, but I felt really wow empowered. I guess is the word. It's so. so cool. And one thing I just want to add, just so people can access the course and go through your your link. Uh, hopefully you'll include a link in the show notes. But it's yes. uh yeah. it's at goldcityventures.com, and I'm sure you'll mm-hmm. include your link in the show notes so people can go through your link, support the podcast. But I just wanted to let people know where it's at. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll add that in the links. Cool. Okay, we've got three final questions, nice and quick, uh, to ask you to end this interview. First question, where can we find you online? Yeah, so if you're listening to this podcast, I also do have a podcast in the financial Mm -hmm. independent space. It's called The Fi Show. So you can just type that into whatever podcast player you're listening to. I also have a blog at flytofi.com. Those are probably the two best places to reach me. And I usually respond within 24 hours. So feel free to hit me up with any questions and I'd be happy to answer. Cool. Uh, Second question. What is one resource not well known that you would recommend to others? Okay. This is a book that I recommend to a lot of people. This is honestly completely outside the frame of personal finance, but I'm going to go with this one just because it came to my mind. I'm like obsessed with this guy Yuval Harari and oh, I don't know yeah. if anyone is love him like the book Sapiens and yeah yeah, Home, yeah those those are just <laughs> such good books so anything by Yuval Harari is absolutely like phenomenal and so fascinating if you haven't checked it out definitely go like check it out from your local library yeah for sure I read that book and uh, I'm soon gonna be getting Homo Deus and the third yes, one that's a great book as well and then he also has 21 lessons yeah the 21 lessons I'm gonna get that one soon too Okay, third question. Uh, what is your number one actionable tip for someone to get started on their path to financial independence? Ooh, I like this. This is totally going back to what I said before. It's just get started. Like so many people are uncomfortable being uncomfortable. Step out of your comfort zone. Literally just inch out. Like just stick your toe right outside of your comfort zone. Start a little side hustle. Do something that you're not completely comfortable and you don't have a lot of confidence in. And honestly, even if you suck at it at first, it's going to pay such huge dividends in the end, and you're going to vastly, vastly accelerate your path to financial independence. That has helped so much in my path, just taking steps that I, maybe I can't see the road in front of me, but once I kind of take those steps, I get a little bit of a feeling and I can at least have somewhat of a path forward. Great uh, ending advice for this episode. Thank you very much, Cody, for coming on at this 
kind of late hour uh, in your <laughs> not too late this isn't too bad <laughs> not, uh, it's not too bad right okay well thank you very much cody and yeah we'll be sure to to check out your your side hustle course and yeah no thank you so much for having me on this is a ton of fun Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing through your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.